Hey GOTA members, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of GOTA TV. We hope you're having a great start to 2022. We're currently finishing up our first quarter issue of Welding Gases today, which is the annual forecast issue, and there's optimism across the industry for a strong economy this year. One of the major growth markets that's emerged from the forecast survey is hydrogen and other clean energy initiatives. We're lucky enough to be joined first today by Chart Industries CEO Jill Vanko. Jill, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Jill, there's a term that you've been using in your communications this year called the nexus of clean. Can you explain what that is and how it impacts your business strategy? Um, the nexus of clean, which we call clean power, clean water, clean food, and clean industrials, to us is the underpinning of our core cryogenic engineering and manufacturing expertise. So our products are really unique in the sense that they can be used in a variety of different applications. And what we're seeing out in the world today is the overarching trend is sustainability. And so the generic term of clean applies really across a variety of different end markets that are looking to become more sustainable. And that can be you know, the hybrid of clean energy solutions, whether that's LNG or hydrogen, um, even battery solar and the adjacencies that work together. And when we use the term nexus of clean, what I'm referring to there is really around the ways that I anticipate over the next decade, the variety of different industries will begin to interlink or interconnect. For example, power and water. In a lot of places around the world, you have uh, populations that don't have access to water or power. And so addressing both of those uh, can utilize the cryogenic equipment that uh, many of us are familiar with in more traditional industrial gas applications. You mentioned the variety of interconnected markets. Let's start with hydrogen for a second. How do you see that market evolving with the advent of clean energy initiatives at the forefront of expansion to sustainable power solutions? And how is Chart participating in that growth area? Uh, it's interesting. We have been manufacturing hydrogen equipment for over 55 years, and really nobody cared about it until May of 2020. And suddenly the world uh, woke up and decided hydrogen was going to be a key part of the solutions going forward. Uh, and really getting back to that clean or that sustainable type of approach where we've seen quite the evolution over the last 18 months in terms of the way that the world is looking to utilize hydrogen. Um, historically, most of our hydrogen customers were really around space. So you had the, the large government space organizations and some private industry sector, but less so around um, energy or power. And right now what we're seeing is a lot of interest and orders being placed around hydrogen liquefaction or the production of the molecule itself. And then also the infrastructure that's going to be required to move that molecule or store that molecule. Um, so it's been interesting to go from kind of that May 2020 mark where the world suddenly everybody and their brother wanted hydrogen and everybody was talking about green, green hydrogen. Now we're seeing what I would call a more pragmatic approach to it. So it's okay to do gray hydrogen or blue hydrogen. And how do we interlink the networks together versus just having these siloed projects happening? So it's it's interesting to watch it as part of the evolution of gases in, in the world. And you know, I think there's been fits and starts over the last decades with it, but now it sure seems to at least have a small place to stay. Um, and the expectation for growth is pretty high. Another area where there's been a lot of emphasis in recent years is in clean water. You've recently formed Chart Water. Are there any synergies with the industrial gas industry that you've seen, and how might our industry play a role in advancing clean and sustainable water solutions? 
Absolutely. You know, I, I absolutely see the, uh, the connection between our industry, our traditional industries and uh, the water treatment side of things. And I say water treatment loosely because there's desalination and there's a variety of different uh, actions to target cleaner water. Uh, our industry is critical to that, and that's from storing of the gases that are used to treat the water. And that could be oxidation, it could be oxygenation, it could be pH, um, you name it. And we are required to be a part of that total solution. Um, chart water, we, we felt that it would be great to have the combination of our equipment, which is traditional bulk and microbulk tanks, in combination with technology, so the process to treat the water and having that full menu was um, the strategy that we had so that the customer could either pick a piece or an a la carte menu, or they could come to us for the total solution. And we're really seeing a, a breadth of what that looks like. I think our industry also can help um, progress water treatment forward on a global basis by offering um, flexible solutions. So for example, our treatment as a service uh, can be rented or leased and, it's a and it could be a mobile unit. So you can get it to places that you don't have to have a traditional kind of 20 or 30 year installation and do it with lower CapEx requirements. Um, but the gas space is, is the heart of water. Another area that we've talked about in the magazine and has made headlines recently is carbon capture. Can you tell us a little bit about carbon capture and why it's been such a focus? Are there any synergies with potential to develop new commercial CO2 sources for our industry? Uh, the way I would describe carbon capture is uh, I, it's our belief that you will not be able to, public sector or private sector, uh, address the 2030 carbon emission reduction targets that many companies and governments have put out. Um, that carbon capture is critical to that. We're, we're seeing a lot of connection to, the again, the traditional spaces that we play in in CO2 is around the reuse concept. So as, as we all know in our industry, CO2 uh, is constantly in shortages. It's in, always in shortages in different geographies, different regions at different times. And many of our end users of, of our traditional gases are users of CO2 in the products that they make. Um, and that's where we really see the value proposition for post-combustion carbon capture. For example, if you take, um, take a cement or a concrete company that's uh, manufacturing that, adding CO2 into the mix uh, not only is more cost-effective, it's also uh, better for the product, and you can capture CO2 in these facilities and then reuse it in the, pro in the products themselves. That's where the value really comes into play. And then if you look at the other side of things, which is what do I do if I don't have a reuse for CO2, then there's a little bit more embryonic nature in that part of the post-combustion side, which is how do we connect the next part of the value chain? So we've now captured your CO2 and you don't have a use for it. So how do we get it to folks that actually do have a use for it and make that economical? But um, it's definitely something that I think plays really well with the variety of different um, gas end users that are out there in the world today. Last question, Jill. What do you think is next for the Nexus of Clean? All right, Steve, that, that is a great question. <laughs> and there are so many different avenues that you can go down on this, which to me is, is bodes really well for our industry. The Nexus of Clean, you know, we've, we've captured it in those four buckets that I started off with, but there's all kinds of offshoots that are gonna happen around uh, the different applications and adjacencies that are gonna work toward a more sustainable world. 
And I think that all of them involve, um, involve a form of cryogenics and involve a variety of solutions. So the hybrid concept is really what I think is next. And how do these things work together? So I commented earlier on the nexus of power and water, but there can be ways that you can do carbon capture in a wastewater treatment center that's sitting next to an industrial manufacturer that needs CO2 for um, you know their, their manufacturing processes and their machining. Um, and that's where I think the nexus of clean heads next is uh, around the interlinkages of these types of, of end users, all of which use industrial gases. Jill, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. We've got a great episode coming up today, so stick around right after a word from today's presenting sponsor, Weldcoa. During the 2021 Spring Management Conference in Nashville, we had the opportunity to speak with Rich Craig, Vice President of Regulatory and Technical Affairs for the CGA. During that interview, Rich laid out CGA's ongoing hydrogen initiatives. Rich, thank you for being back with us on the show today. We are uh, excited to be here to talk about a new initiative we have underway uh, with hydrogen. Now, hydrogen is a product that CGA has years and years of experience with. We, we have a number of publications uh, for the production, transport, and storage of hydrogen. But hydrogen's use is changing from an industrial product to a more customer-focused product as, as people and governments look at decarbonizing the economy. Hydrogen is seen as a, as a product that will help foster that decarbonization. Uh, we are, uh, as part of that, a year and a half ago, the CGA board asked CGA staff to develop a hydrogen roadmap to chart this change of hydrogen and how we approach it from an industrial product to a more consumer-focused product. Uh, as part of that, we had two task forces working on strategy and also gaps that might exist in current publications or regulations. Uh, those, those task forces completed their work and developed uh, mission statement and objectives for CGA to, to follow uh, in, in this more enhanced use of hydrogen. Uh, those were approved by our board in April and we're beginning to roll out those, those opportunities today. Our mission is to provide safety information to the variety of different organizations that are popping up almost weekly dealing with hydrogen. Uh, they, they have focused a lot on, on government and regulation, but they're not thinking about safety, and that has us concerned. So our focus is going to be to ensure that as regulations get written, and as, as the use of hydrogen progresses from this industrial product to a consumer product, that safety is at the forefront, that uh, people can use hydrogen safely, that they don't present risks, and that uh, people don't get hurt when using hydrogen. 
So we're really excited about this activity and going forward. You mentioned the hydrogen roadmap that you've developed. Is that something that's available online? Uh, the roadmap is, was what we used to develop our strategy and our mission statement and objectives. And the focus is primarily on uh, providing safety information. We're still going to be working on uh, publications on hydrogen. The gap analysis group identified five areas that we need to work on and our hydrogen technology committee is currently uh, starting working on those. Uh, we are engaging a, uh, a communications company to help us get our safety message out so that uh, people can can understand hydrogen, understand the hazards. Hi hydrogen is not a hazard-free product, but there are a number of mitigations in place that make it safe to use if you follow reasonable precautions. So this shift from a more industrial product to a consumer-based commercial product for hydrogen, what's the timeline that you expect that change to occur in? Well, that change is occurring today. Uh, if you look in California, uh, we, we have a partnership with the California Fuel Cell Partnership. They are promoting uh, the construction of hydrogen fueling stations all through California. They have an objective to have 100 stations in within a couple of years, and they have a number already operating. So it's, it's providing information about how you can cite those, how the practitioners, the people that, that we call practitioners who are the ones who design, site design and operate these stations know how to do that safely so that, that people don't get hurt. Rich, this was really enlightening. Thank you so much for being back with us today. Thank you for having me. At the end of 2021, CGA launched its Hydrogen Safety is Step 1 campaign, which CGA President and CEO Rich Gottwald described in a letter to CGA members as one that will help unleash a new energy era address the threat of climate change, and transform the global economy. He described hydrogen energy as clean, green, and plentiful, and described our industry as being on the precipice of a hydrogen revolution. To read more about CGA's Hydrogen Safety is Step 1 campaign, click on the link in the description below. Today's member news segment is brought to you by Anthony Welded Products, four generations strong since 1958. CK Supply welcomed Mark Brooks as an account manager. The IWDC announced that it had set an all-time member spend record in 2021. It also announced that it had raised $43,000 for Feeding America in 2021, enough funds to provide 430,000 meals. West Virginia certified Butler Gas to distribute medical gases from its Morgantown location. Greg Loomis announced his retirement from Technovalves North America. Greg, we wish you well in retirement. American Welding and Gas announced that it had allocated $15,000 to local food banks in the Kentucky area following recent storms that had damaged part of the state. Chart Industries announced that it had completed the acquisition of Earthly Labs, a leading provider of small-scale carbon capture systems. Hyab appeared on the TV show The World's Greatest. Perlman Group announced that it had acquired Vector Tools.
Ratterman announced it had appointed Sven Brandau as its Director of Operations. Technoweld USA announced its acquisition of Southern Glove. To read more about any of these member news items, or to submit member news of your own, read the full January 15th Gauda Connection in your email inbox today, or by clicking the link in the description below. Kevani Group's new 6000 series high pressure regulators for cutting and welding applications offer the highest performance and longest service life in the industry. Kevani Group, wherever gas is used, we are there. Gauda's 2022 Spring Management Conference will be held from April 3rd to the 5th, 2022 at the JW Marriott Indianapolis in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. Early bird registration for the event is open now and Gauda has launched this year's SMC website. Early bird registration runs through March 4th, 2022 and can save delegates $100 per attendee, so register today. As we've done for the past two shows, and for the safety and wellness of attendees, badges will be mailed out on Monday, March 7th. For attendees who register after March 7th, they can pick up their badges at the conference registration desk during registration hours as normal. Once registered, you'll have access to the full attendee list and the full conference agenda to be able to plan your show. We've got a great agenda for GAUTA members this year, starting off with the return of our newcomers reception for members who have attended three or fewer GAUTA meetings. The newcomers reception and the president's welcome reception and dinner immediately following it will take place on April 3rd at the amazing NCAA Hall of Champions. What better place for a show with the theme, Leaders Mentoring Leaders, to kick off than the museum devoted to the greatest college athletes in our country's history. April 4th, we'll see the return of the wildly successful educational track breakout sessions that debuted at the 2021 SMC in Nashville. Attendees will have the opportunity to attend three separate sessions at 8, 9.15, and 10.30 in three different tracks. The tracks are Sales Growth Plays, leadership and people development, and supply chain. The more people from your company that attend, the more of these nine sessions that you'll be able to attend. Each session will last for approximately 50 minutes with a 25 minute break in between. This year's contact booth program will take place that afternoon from 12.30 to 4.30. Be sure to register for your booth today as spots are filling up fast. There's also an early bird rate for booth registration, so do it today. It truly is the can't-miss networking opportunity for the year in our industry. The conference will conclude on April 5th after a great general session. Be sure to check out the SMC website for up-to-the-minute information on this year's amazing conference and speakers. Once again, to register, click the link in the description below. As we get closer to the event, we'll have interviews and more SMC updates to present in future episodes. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. Be sure to tune in for our next episode on February 1st. Until next time, for everyone here at Gauda TV, this is Steve Guillermo signing off.